Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast, where only one of us is a father and none of us are actual priests. My name is Trey Jose, and I'm also known as Stink. To the rest of us here, I'm joined by Tyler Big Irby Erbach. What and up? Today, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, and today we are missing Jimbo James Dreer. It's his birthday. He's incredibly hungover. I'm hungover. <laughs> I don't know if you're hungover, Tyler. I assume you are. Uh, I'm pretty good. I had to work today, so I had to be kind of a good boy, you know? Oh, yeah. Some people have to be responsible. Well, anyways, we got the Week 17 waiver Wire episode for you right now. We're going to dive into that. But before we do that, I just want to touch on our socials real quick. You can find us on Twitter, at the FF Fathers. Uh, We'll be dropping information and stuff like that, all kinds of good stuff. We're still pretty new to the game on Twitter, so... We're growing. Same with the podcast game. We're new to the podcasting. We just started this season for the first time, but we're not new to fantasy football. As we've said before, you know, we got around 40 years of experience and um, all of us tend to have different opinions, but we're pretty successful in like the way that we approach the game. So we figured we put our heads together and get a little podcast going. For sure. Yeah, yeah, and um, we've all been playing fantasy together for like the last eight years, and then before that, you know, whoever we were playing with and destroying in those leagues. But um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> enough of all the formal stuff. We'll just get right into it. So week 17, just so you know, there's no Thursday night football game. All the games are happening on Sunday, and then there's a one Monday night football game for now. We'll see what happens with COVID. And speaking of that, COVID spreading everywhere. You probably know this unless you've been under a, a rock. Um but we thought it'd be like important to bring up that running back handcuffs should be like definitely keep an eye on your handcuffs uh, for like the running backs that you have because the way COVID's spreading around, especially with Omicron just being like more contagious, um, you're definitely going to want to have your handcuffs ready for this week because I can definitely see a lot of big names going out. It's only Monday and, and it's already spreading around the league. Yeah, for sure. I mean, COVID is going to be a huge issue for the rest of the year, honestly. Luckily, this is championship week, so most people won't be playing after this week. So hopefully it's the last time you have to deal with it, but it still can make a huge, huge impact on your roster. Yeah, I saw that there was more cases in the last week than there was all last season, apparently, or during a stretch of last season. Either way, the, the cases are up and they're crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to use the Colts as a good example because they've got 14 cases this week, and today they came out with six more, and one of them was Marlon Mack. So, you know, he's in the running back room with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I I don't know if there's any odds on that, but I would bet on Jonathan Taylor getting COVID this week. Hopefully he's vaccinated and all that stuff, and he'll be able to play, right? If, you, uh, if you're asymptomatic and you have two negative tests, you'll be good, right? Correct. Right on. So, I mean... We'll see what happens, but I wouldn't be surprised if like someone like Jonathan Taylor gets COVID this week. You just got to be on your toes about that. Yeah, got to make sure you adapt. Yeah, but um, let's just dive right into these waivers, really. We're going to start off with the running backs, then we'll do receivers. We got a couple of tight ends, one quarterback, and uh, you guys know me. I love my defenses, so we had to throw some defenses on there. And it's championship week, right? I mean, defenses are important, like tight ends and defenses. That's like... Whoever you start this week is going to be super crucial. I don't know about you, Tyler, but like tight end for me, I'm struggling this week. I mean, it's been a struggle for most people, people I think, all year. Um, this is just another week that's going to happen. 
But I mean, it really, if you make the right play, if you, if you pick up that right streamer this week, that could win you your championship game. It's not the guys, it's not your workhorse at all year. It's that one guy that puts your team over the top. So that's why this week might, it's probably the most important week for the people. You know, if you're in the championship game, this is your make or break. I guarantee you, either you or your opponent will make a play this week that you weren't expecting. It's going to end up winning or losing you the, the championship. Yeah, like Justin Jackson this week. I mean, he killed it for us. Yep. Um, we called it, honestly, when we were talking about like, you know, either him or Josh Kelly. Who do we like if Eckler goes down? And all three of us wanted Justin Jackson. And sure enough, he went off when he got the opportunity to. Yep. Yeah, but speaking of running backs, let's just let's get right into it. This first name I've never heard out loud, so we'll see what happens. Um, do you first need a pronunciation? Yeah do you do you know it? I do. Yeah, you can you can say it. <laughs> it's it's Dare Agumbawale. Right. Yeah, the running back for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. He's the backup to James Robinson, who just suffered a season-ending Achilles injury. And Ogumbawale is that what you said? Uh, right on. Ogunbowale, he came in, had 17 rushes for 57 yards and a touchdown. He also got four targets, caught two of them, and got 15 yards off of that. And Carlos Hyde was also recently placed on an IR, so it, it seems like he's going to be the guy leading the backfield this week. And before James Robinson went down, he was averaging like 15 touches a game, like including um, his receiving work. So um, I thought it was interesting that Ogunbowale had 17 rushes um, which is really more touches than James Robinson's been getting like all season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who knows? I think they were kind of just lost. They didn't know what to do after, you know, their only playmaker goes down really. So I could see them, you know, banking on, on him and kind of rely on him. The issue is that they have a terrible, terrible matchup this week in new England. And that makes him, even though I think he is a must add just because like the usage will be there. I don't think this is the guy you're trying to start this week. Yeah, I'm definitely with that because, like, just because they're playing the Patriots, you know. But I thought it was interesting that New England's kind of been exposed on the ground uh, recently. And, like, throughout this season, I was looking at it earlier, they definitely had quite a few, like, 100-yard games that they've given up, you know, 150 yards, things like that to teams. So, I mean, they, they're definitely susceptible to, like, giving up rushing yards. And I saw earlier that Trevor Lawrence has only thrown one touchdown since Halloween. So it's like maybe they're going to have to <laughs> score on the ground. Yeah, that's, I, did, I did not see that. That's crazy. Yeah, literally he's thrown one in like an eight-week stretch or something like that. It's horrible. But, I mean, I forgot to bring up that Ogumba Wale, he's owned in 0% of leagues right now on Sleeper. So, I mean, he's definitely someone you'll be able to pick up if you want. Yeah. And he's, he, I mean, he's going to be a hot waiver wire ad. If you have any fab left, um, a lot of people are going to be spending it on this guy, depending on who is available in your league. Yeah, I mean, I got $70 worth of fab just sitting around in a couple of leagues that I'm not <laughs> doing anything in. So I might ruin some people's weeks. <laughs> just going a little spending spree. But um, yeah, so we're not really high on Ogumbawale then, right? Just because they're playing the Patriots and... I mean, yeah. I don't. I, I I see him like honestly being like a, a he could be a flex worthy play. I think I think at best he's a flex worthy play. I mean, depending on how your roster set up, uh, is going to determine whether you're going to start him or not. I think he should be added in basically every league here, but I don't think he's a must start. Right. Yeah. Definitely someone like I would pick up just because the COVID's going around, and if he's playing, he's definitely a decent backup to have. 
for sure. Right on. Well, moving on, we got um, next guy on our list is going to be Rex Burkhead, owned in 13% of leagues. He went off last week with David Johnson out. He's David Johnson's been kind of hobbled all year, right? He's like just he's really on and off. I, I don't know if you've been paying attention to him. I have him in one league, so I'm forced to pay attention to David Johnson. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean David Johnson. He's kind of been on and off for like eight years. It feels feels like so. Right, and he was also added to the COVID list this morning. David Johnson was. So uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. You know, COVID just going to be all over this episode like usual. Yeah. But, but that just means that Rex Burkhead's a huge pickup this week, then. Uh, he could be, yeah. I mean, when they have one guy in the backfield, they tend to uh, have pretty decent games. Like, David Johnson's had some good games when before Rex Burkhead kind of emerged. But Rex Burkhead had 22 rushes, 149 yards, and two touchdowns. He caught the ball twice and didn't get any yards. But he had 27.9 fantasy points. Like, he was definitely killing it. Yeah, I mean, and with David Johnson out, I mean, that means that he's really the only guy. I know they have Royce Freeman, but they don't really use him a ton. Um, it's been all Rex Burkhead. So, um, honestly, I'd put Rex Burkhead as a much as a higher priority ad than uh, Dari is. And he should be almost just as easy to pick up because he's only owned in 13% of leagues. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I I disagree. And I'd put Ogun Bawale over Burkhead because Burkhead plays San Francisco this week, and the 49ers have been really good against the run. So, I mean, even if he is the lead guy, it's a, not a very good chance. He's going to break like 100 yards. Um, I mean, hopefully he'll get some touchdowns. But I, it's weird, but the matchup is better for Ogun Bawale, in my opinion, with him playing the Patriots versus Burkhead playing the 49ers. It's kind of crazy saying it out loud now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think maybe you're just going off off like your your gut on this one, but uh, I would go the other route. I uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, he he, I do like him for sure, though. But I mean, with the 49ers playing, I think the only way he'll really like go off of is if he gets touchdowns. You know. All right. But yeah, moving on from Rex Burkhead, uh, this next one's kind of like a, a combo here. It's Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. And Jordan Howard's owned in 21% of leagues. Boston Scott's owned in 34% of leagues. And Miles Sanders has already been ruled out for week 17. Um, last week when Howard was playing, he suffered a stinger, and they're hopeful that he will play. That's um, quoted from Philadelphia. that They're hopeful he will play. <laughs> And uh, but Howard took over after Sanders went down and uh, Boston Scott ended up vulturing a touchdown. But it looked like Jordan Howard was the one getting a majority of the carries. Boston Scott did end up with 12 carries, but seven of those, they were literally just like running the clock out, like clock killing time. So I I like Jordan Howard more than Boston Scott. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you there, too. Uh, I mean, even with the injury. So like two weeks ago, uh, this last week, the week before. Boston Scott literally didn't get a single offensive snap. He played. He played a few snaps on special teams. That's it. So even though he's now, t- you know, probably technically the second running back, I don't see him getting a ton of usage. It could be interesting though with Miles Sanders out. Uh, I'll bring this up now that Philadelphia is playing the Washington football team this week, who they just played two weeks ago, and Philadelphia just tore him apart. Got two hundred rushing yards on the ground. I mean, we know that Philadelphia. Um, has a, the best rushing attack in the league, but this is 200 rushing yards just to running backs, not even including what Jalen Hurts did. 
So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of yards to be had in this game if it plays out like it did two weeks ago. And I'm curious if Boston Scott's going to be second man. I mean, he, he could be. I don't know. I just still have a, still have a better feeling with Jordan Howard, especially because when we go back to what, earlier in the year, Jordan Howard was also getting like all the goal line work. And so, um, yeah, that's just, that's a huge boon to to who you should be putting into your lineup here. Yeah, I'm looking at when they played uh, the Washington football team last, and when they had the 200 yards, Miles Sanders had 18 carries for 130, and Jordan Howard had 15 for 69. Neither of them scored a touchdown, but I mean, even even you know as a secondary role, he had 70 yards. That's true. I don't know. I mean, Washington also at this point, I mean, they just got demolished by by Dallas, you know, last night, and I feel like. They got us, like especially like somebody who coached by Ron Rivera. I feel like they're gonna have to start playing for some pride here, and I I just have a feeling that they're gonna come out and play with more emotion and just be harder to run on next week for some reason. Ooh, going with the gut feeling, huh? <laughs> yep, I, I am, but I don't know. Like Ron Rivera is just there's too much respect for him, and like he's too good of a coach to just have his team you know roll over on him like this. Yeah, I, I could definitely see see that uh, with that whole angle there. I mean, and it's championship week, you know, I wouldn't take like a risk trying to play Boston Scott. But Jordan Howard, though, honestly, I mean, he's kind of in that same category with Rex Burkhead and Ogumbawale, you know, guys that are should be getting a majority of the carries in their backfield. Should be. I, I, again, I think, I, we're, I think we're both leaning towards Howard here, but I would think – out of the guys we've said so far, he would be probably my third option to pick up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and obviously we disagree on Ogumbawale and Burkhead. But yeah, we'll put Howard at third right now. Um, this next name, I'm surprised it's it's still even on this list, honestly. I Maybe I'm just too high on him. But Rashad Penny, he's owned in 33% of leagues. He went off against Chicago. He ran 17 times for 135 yards and a touchdown. This week, they're going to play the Detroit Lions, and the Lions are not a good team against the run, and they give up an average of 100 yards and a touchdown. I'm surprised he's still available in 33% of leagues when he's had two good games in three weeks. Like, really good games. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. Um, and he's still getting he's getting like all the work. I mean, DJ Dallas is in there a little bit. Travis Homer doesn't really play. Alex Collins, they completely – he was a healthy scratch. Um. So I'm surprised he's only at 33% also. Um, I mean, honestly, this is the guy out of all the running backs. This is the guy I'm going for if he's available in my league. He's shown, I mean, he's shown like everything you want in a running back, speed, power, quickness, um, big playability. He's kind of shown it all, and then he gets a great matchup. The one game where he kind of stunk it up was against uh, the Rams, which, I mean, it's not like (laughs) there's been, you know, Hall of Fame backs of the Rams of like, shut down this year so i'm not too worried about about that i'm pretty sure rashad penning's gonna have another huge game this week yeah i feel the exact same way i mean the two big games he had the first one was against the houston texans and i honestly don't remember that game do you recall like did the seahawks have an early lead um it was steady they never like broke out like blew them out of the water it's kind of like a steady game um i think it went by like 14 but you know Right. Well, what I'm kind of getting at, I guess it's going to sound obvious saying it out loud, but it seems like when they're when they're playing a team that they're uh, better than, 
Rashad Penny seems to do a lot better. Like when they're playing with a lead, that makes sense. I mean, obviously any team with a yeah. lead is going to run more. So, I mean, you know, running back is going to increase, but you know, when they played the Rams, obviously that was a tough game and he had a, a hard time against a tough team, but against the weaker teams, you know, the weaker teams like the Texans and the bears, it, it seems like you know, he kind of flourishes against weaker opponents, I guess you would say. Yeah, for sure. Which I mean, I guess is what you want. You want to see him do well against, you know, good teams too, but that's for real football. We're talking about fantasy football. He gets a great matchup and he's been killing the, the shitty team. So let him go out and kill the lions again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so Rashad Penny is definitely our best waiver uh, pickup that we we've talked about so far. We both agree about that. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on from him, uh, Kashawn Vaughn owned in four percent of leagues. Backup running back on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's the backup to Ronald Jones right now. And yesterday on Sunday, we saw him uh, get some garbage time, and he ran seven times for seventy yards and a touchdown. One of those runs was a 55-yard touchdown, which is a pretty nice run. And it looks like he's going to be the backup to Ronald Jones this week. And they play the Jets, so maybe uh, he gets more garbage time this week. What do you think? I mean, yeah, he can get more garbage time. Doesn't mean I want to play him. I mean, you take away that one run, he had six carries for 15 yards. Uh, there's no way to slice it. That's terrible. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean... I don't think I mean that's a really deep league play, uh, and you're basically just banking on him getting a garbage time uh, touchdown, which I don't want. I'm not throwing that into my championship week lineup, you know. Oh yeah, definitely not. I think the reason I put his name on here just because, like, with COVID going around, like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, you got to be looking at those handcuffs. And if Rojo gets the COVID, you know, it looks like Sean Vaughn's next up, and he showed that he can do some nice things. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's a good point. If you're in the championship game, like you're go, you're going for broke. Unless you're in a dynasty league or some type of keeper league where you're, you know, trying to position things like that. But if you're in a redraft league, if you already know your starters, except for maybe one or two guys, like you're up for debate on every other guy, I'd be looking at the waiver wire and seeing who their backups are and seeing who's available, just in case some stupid shit like that happens. Yeah, exactly, and. If you're going to be looking at Jonathan Taylor's backup, Naheem Hines, like we were talking about earlier, you're going to have a tough time because he's owned in 68% of leagues. Right. But, I mean, there's, there's guys like this floating around, for, you know, owned in 4% of leagues, Kashawn Vaughn, and he seems to be the clear-cut number two. If, you know, if Rojo goes down, he, he should be the guy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the, the, this next guy, is kind of, he's pretty similar to uh, Kashawn Vaughn. Uh, Derek Gore. He's owned in 5% of leagues right now. He's a backup running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. It looks like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to miss this week with a bruised shoulder. It's up in the air, but it looks like he's going to miss it, miss this week. And that leaves uh, Daryl Williams and Gore to split the workload. And after Clyde left the game last week, or yesterday, um, they, they, they split the workload pretty evenly between Williams and Gore. I thought it was interesting, though, that um, Gore had essentially the same usage a little bit more, but on like half the amount of snaps. So it seems like when he's on the field, they really like to use Derek Gore. I don't know. Like, how do you feel about him? I don't know. I think that's, I think that was the thing about game script. I mean, they were destroying Pittsburgh, you know, like it wasn't even close. So I think it was more just game script at that point. They were just running ball as it was. So um, I think he's more of a, of a deep handcuff. Yeah. Just a handcuff to Williams. Um, because if you go back to when uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was out for 
you know, that stretch of time in the beginning or in the middle of the year, Williams was getting over 60% of the set of snaps. Um, so that's, you know, just makes it even a smaller workload for Gore. Um, at best, he might get a goal line touch, um, but that's that's just not, again, on, for this week, it's not something I'm going to bank on putting into my lineup. If I was a CEH fan and I already had Daryl Williams as my handcuff, I might consider picking up Derek Gore as the handcuff for Williams. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. You're just uh, It's another COVID, COVID handcuff, you know? <laughs> exactly what he is yeah I, I do like his name though Derek Gore I don't know it just reminds you of Frank Gore it just kind of you get a little nostalgic seeing his name on the jersey oh yeah a, a little bit um <laughs> the newly minted meme of Frank Gore but <laughs> right yeah that, that's a horrible one R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. to Frank Gore <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> <laughs> all right so that pretty much like um rounds out our running backs for the waiver wire pickups and we'll move on to the receivers now and this is pretty much these two guys that i'm going to bring up next we're like a broken record with these guys we keep talking about them um like amon ross st brown only owned in 37 percent of leagues this guy has been crushing it the last four weeks i don't understand like is nobody paying attention this guy's killing <laughs> it and last week he had tim boyle at quarterback and he, he showed he's like quarterback proof he, last week he had 11 targets, nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. That's four weeks in a row he scored double-digit points. Three of those weeks he's got a touchdown. I mean, literally his floor right now looks to be 11 targets, eight catches, 70 yards, and a really, really good chance to score a touchdown. It's I know you love this guy. Oh, yeah. I was on him from the beginning of the year. I mean, if you went way back to, like, week one or, like, the the preseason episode, you and I fought about who would be the better receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown or Tyrell Williams. Moment of silence for Tyrell Williams. Yeah, moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and I, we were on opposite sides there, and it took Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, let me check my notes, uh, 12 weeks to figure the fuck out, but he figured it out, and he's killing it. And the one in- interesting thing, too, is that um, since Dan Campbell has taken over the play calling and they added in Josh Reynolds on the other side, I mean, he's he's just always open. I mean, he was always a great route runner when he, when he came into the league, and now he's really able to show that off. Um, he's figuring it out, and he should be owned in all leagues. Oh, yeah, definitely. This week they're playing the Seahawks, so um, you're our local Seahawks fan. You know that they're susceptible through the air. They're just susceptible for yards in general. They don't give up a ton of scoring, um, but I mean they give up a ton of yards all, and they have all year. Um, the The Bears scored twenty five points against them this last week. It's the first game that they've allowed over twenty three points in eight games. Yeah, so you know I was pretty absolute, high on them. Yeah, I mean they've gone on an absolute tear in the red zone for whatever reason defensively, but they give up a ton of yards. So if that's the case, then you're still going to bank on him getting you, you know, probably eight or nine catches for. 90 plus yards and that's still a huge day for him whether he scores or not yeah i'm curious didn't you have like a stat last week that he's definitely like a top 10 wide receiver in these last few weeks and it's just wild no one's talking about it i mean he's already the number 30 ranked wide receiver in ppr leagues after basically like you said not doing anything all year but the last four weeks he's just been killing it Oh, yeah, it's not even been close the last four weeks. 
Oh yeah. I mean, that might be your best take of the year really was um, <laughs> him putting it together with Josh Reynolds being in the picture. Like it, it, I didn't really see it when you brought it up, but it's definitely happening. So that's nice to see. But um, yeah, I'm in Ross and Brown. If he's available, get him. I, I would start him. Would you start him this week? Oh yeah, for sure. At this point, like you have to start him. It seems like, like I, again, I can't believe he's only owned in 37% of leagues. Yeah, it's wild. It sucks that our, I guess it doesn't suck, but it's unfortunate that our leagues are so competitive that we're in because like these type of guys do not fall <laughs> in the waiver wire. Like they, they don't hang out very long. These oh, guys no, are not wrapped up in our leagues for weeks. Oh yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we had, you know, myself and, and James, they, we were both on them pretty early. Um, and then Justin got Marley, but Justin is like the waiver wire, like monster. He's like he, he gets everybody. Yeah. He's, he uses he's his entire rehab. <laughs> he really does. I swear he changes out his entire team like week to week. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, those guys are kind of frustrating. But anyways, let's move on from Amon Ross St. Brown here. We got KJ Osborne next, another guy that you and James really like. It took me a while to get on board with him, but he's only owned in 15% of leagues on Sleeper right now. I, I don't understand how it's possible. He's basically like the perfect replacement for Adam Thielen. When Adam Thielen went down on Sunday, he re-aggravated his high ankle sprain. KJ Osborne fills in. He gets seven targets, five catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. And that's the third time in like the last four weeks that Osborne stepped in for Thielen when he went down and got at least seven targets and scored a touchdown. It's like this guy, he's, he seems pretty obvious too. Not as obvious as Amon Ross St. Brown to me, but I mean, this guy's, he's worthy of a start this week. Do you think they're playing the Packers? They, they play Green Bay, which, which can be tough, um, especially because like their secondary has been killing it. I think they, they should get Jair Alexander back this week. So you put him back out there. Razul Douglas has been just destroying people on the outside the last uh, like month and a half, it seems like. So the matchup is not great, but this is a prolific passing offense. They're going to have their chances. Um, there's a good chance that this game becomes a shootout, which means there's going to be lots of points to go around, and KJ, KJ Osborne will get his. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was going to bring up the last time that they played in Week 11, the Packers played the Vikings. And the Packers allowed the Minnesota receivers to get 277 yards and three touchdowns. And by Minnesota receivers, we all know what that means. It was Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I mean, they both, um, Adam Thielen had eight catches, 80 yards and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson had eight catches, 169 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, that secondary receiver is definitely in a good spot to score points, right? Oh, absolutely. And KJ Osborne has, like I said, has he, he's shown whenever Thielen's out, he steps up and he has a great game. So like he sh is probably still um at I think he's probably a low end receiver to play or a, you know a really 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 high good or even high end uh flex play. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Um with Thielen though, he might be back this week, right? I mean cuz we we know how high ankle sprains are. They're really finicky. I mean, if he's feeling it, he could probably if he's feeling it he could try to trot out there, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he absolutely could. Um, I mean, the problem is, like, you know, this is Monday, the day after the game. There's no word on, on this. Um, and it's, right now, Adam Thielen's came out today and said that he feels sore, but is hopeful to play. Who knows? 
you know, come Thursday, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't practice at all until Friday, if he if he's going to play. So it's tough, but I mean, KJ Osborne, I mean, it seems like he gets picked up when Thielen's out and he gets dropped um, right after. So he's probably mm-hmm. available in your league. And he's one of those guys, guys that you pick up and you should have him on your bench just in case he does, Thielen does go down because then you're automatically putting him into your lineup. Yeah, that's perfectly said, really, because, I mean, if you find out Thielen's out, that'll be nice, and then he's already sitting there waiting for you. I mean, all you got to do is plug him in. You don't got to try to compete on the waiver wire, I guess you would say. Right. I mean, it's crazy. It's fifteen, like only on 15%, but you brought up a good point there that he is getting dropped every time Thielen's healthy. So that, that makes more sense to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you but, look at, like, his – if you look at at his – uh roster from week to week like percentage wise like just from his game from the game on or last week to this week his ownership dropped in half okay yeah see that makes perfect sense then so yeah that if anything that means people are going to be fighting for him this week you better uh have your fab ready i mean well i would do more than 50 percent of my fab that i had left it's the last week right yeah exactly i mean what you can't take into the off season with you I mean, some leagues you can, but most most you can't. So fucking spend it. I know. Like I said, I got seventy in one league. I might do something stupid and just pick up like Tim Tebow for seventy bucks. <laughs> do a little do do a little funny for the boys. <laughs> but yeah, so that's our KJ Osborne take. We talk about KJ Osborne every week. Like he's great when he gets the opportunity for sure. But moving on from KJ Osborne. Uh, last receiver that we got, we got Isaiah McKenzie. He's only owned in 1% of leagues. Nobody probably really knew about this guy before yesterday. Um, it, he basically went off. Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley were out due to COVID. Isaiah McKenzie fills in. He gets 12 targets, 11 catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. And I don't know if you saw this guy play at all, but he was making some really good catches. I always harp on it. I love receivers that grab the ball out of the air, and he's one of those receivers. He looked really good. What do you think? Yeah, no, he he looked great, and he's and he's actually show one of those guys that's shown a little bit of flashiness in the past, like making a big play here, here or there. Like that guy could be good if they can put it together. Um, luckily, I mean, unfortunately for him in Buffalo, Buffalo has a you know an assortment of riches in terms of pass catchers, so uh, he hasn't had much of a chance. But he he's a good a good player when he gets the small chance, and it's already been announced that uh, Davis and Beasley are both out for this week also. So I mean he's that means he's the number two receiver on a high high powered offense. Oh, they they said Cole Beasley's out. I, I I knew that Davis was ruled out already, but I thought Beasley had a chance. Like his ten days would end before. Uh, no, uh, they they've already ruled him out for week seventeen. Oh geez, all right. Well, yeah, I mean Isaiah McKenzie's looking pretty good then. Like like you were saying, he gets buried in that death chart because they have so many good receivers. I'm surprised you actually recognized him and knew a little <laughs> bit about him. I knew nothing about him because he's just buried behind so many bigger, better names, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, they have an embarrassment of riches in that receiving room in Buffalo. Um, if he was somewhere, I think on most teams, he'd probably be a receiver two or number three on their depth chart. And then because it's Buffalo, he's like receiver number five. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so with the three receivers that we were talking about for these waiver wires, we got Amon Ross, St. Brown, KJ Osborne, and Isaiah McKenzie. 
like how would you rank those three in terms of like which who you're trying to ride with in the championship um that's that could be tough uh who are the bills playing again this week i forgot oh gosh i don't have it up right now <laughs> but here how about you look it up and i'll do my three right now so right, my my ranking would definitely be amon ross st brown's number one i think i feel like that's clear cut it's we both know he's he's a stud and he's just been killing it and until he proves otherwise like he's gonna he looks like he's gonna be that guy so amon ross definitely number one for me i put isaiah mckenzie at number two because like you said he's basically gonna be wide receiver uh two this week because emmanuel sanders isn't really you know he's not really that guy so it definitely makes him like wide receiver two in a high-powered offense and then kj osborne for me is three just because he might not play this or he might not get the playing time that we want him to get if Thielen plays this week yeah um it's pretty tough. I mean, so the Buffalo is playing Atlanta. Um, so it's a really, really high end matchup. Uh, I'm with you with Amon Ra being number one. He's the number one receiver there. He's put, you know, a month worth of amazing games together. So that one's easy. I expect that to keep going. Um, I would put like Isaiah McKenzie and KJ Osborne, like two A and two B. I think they're on the exact same playing level as long, obviously as long as Thielen's out. So I would go with, I had no problem going with either one of them. Um, they both have huge, like high, high ceilings, and could both go absolutely bonkers. Um, I think I would probably lean towards Osborne only because I've seen him do it more this year specifically. Where Isaiah McKenzie basically hasn't played this season until last week. Yeah, that's a really good point. Honestly, we know what KJ Osborne can do because we've seen him play, actually, be on the field. And Isaiah McKenzie, you know, kind of like a flash in the pan, right? I mean, we don't know if he can duplicate this performance at all right not to mention the one thing about isaiah mckenzie um that probably holds him back even though he's shown to like be a good guy a good receiver so he's tiny like he's small as like just a human being he's extremely small to be in the nfl he's five foot eight 173 pounds damn yeah he's a stick and you know that like that 173 in the nfl probably means he's really like 160 because the NFL inflates their numbers. Damn, he's kind of giving me some confidence. Oh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm NFL big. I'm going to the league next year, homie. Yeah, six foot one eighty. Holler at me. I'm about to start running some routes. <laughs> <laughs> I run a four nine. I got this. That's generous. I I don't even know if I could do a four nine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the receivers for us. Um, but speaking of pass catchers, we're just going to move on to tight ends. We got two of them for you. Uh, Gerald Everett, he's owned in 30% of leagues. That's a Seattle Seahawks tight end. And I'm curious if you feel the same way I feel because you watch a lot more of the Seahawks than I do, but it seems like him and Russell Wilson are getting some decent chemistry and it, it's showing in the last four weeks or so with, uh, his yardage kind of increasing and his targets being a nice floor around like five or so. Do you feel the same way with Gerald Everett? Like, is he looking better now? Than he was halfway through the season. Like, would you start him? Um, yeah, you know, with tight ends being so so bad and so thin, I think you absolutely can. He has gone like as the years gone on, he does seem to be more uh, comfortable in the offense. Uh, his rapport with Russell Wilson is getting better, so it's not a huge like high high ceiling. Um, 
but he, I mean, he's a decent play. He's a salt. He's salt play. And again, they're playing Detroit, so the matchups are there. The problem is that like the matchup is there for every position, so s- someone's gonna get left behind. Um, you hope it's not you know Gerald Everett, but you never know. Yeah, he can easily fade into the mix, as we all know, just from his stat line. You know, very. I guess he's touchdown dependent. You would, I would say. Um, but last yeah, week he had five I, targets, four catches. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Oh, I don't think he's that touchdown dependent. He's only scored four touchdowns on the year. Shit, Pat, Pat Firemuth did four in three weeks. Yeah, but that's the move, though. You know, you can't really put him on the same, same plane. <laughs> but yeah. I see what you're saying, but what I'm getting at is like when he does score points, it's because he's scoring a touchdown um, for the most part. He does have one game where he had eight catches for 63 yards, so that's nice to see. But uh, last week he had five targets, four catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. He was tied for second on the team in targets, um, which seems promising, right, if you're tied for second on the team? Yeah. um, Honestly, it's super hard to figure out where targets are going in this offense right now. Um, there's like this week, Tyler Lockett was basically non-existent and, um, it mostly went to DK or Gerald Everett, but then you go back the week before and, or a couple weeks ago and Tyler Lockett had like 14 targets and like no one else got thrown to, it seemed like. So it's really hard to kind of gauge where this is going. Um, there's not a whole lot of balance to the offense in terms of, you know, who's, who's getting looks, who's getting work. So we'll see, see what happens. But honestly, I think this week you're probably starting. Tyler Lockett, uh, DK Metcalf, Rashard Penny, and Gerald Everett. You probably are putting them all in your lineup. You know, depending on, on which one you have. And you're hoping you are you have the guy that's not going to get left in the dust. Because one of them probably is going to be. Yeah, and I, I, I see what you're saying. I feel like Everett <clears throat> definitely has a good chance of being that guy that yeah. gets left in the dust. But he has two games in a row now with four catches and 60 yards, or at least four catches and 60 yards. So if he can keep that up, you know, that's a decent little eight-point floor that he's, like, flirting with. But, I mean, I'm looking at his previous games. Like, uh, in the last five games he's played, he's had four respectable games, eight points or more in four of those games. But one game he had negative 3.3 points, four catches, seven yards, and he fumbled twice. It's like, Jesus, dude. Yeah, and he should also be credited for for a pick in that game. (laughs) Okay, yes, he right, but work, I mean, so honestly, like, again, he's, yeah, he should have he should have gotten credit for a re- for an interception. Um, I know that's not a thing, like, but he quite literally dropped a wide open pass and tried to catch it again, fell over, kicked the ball into the air, and it got picked off. So, and that totally should be a thing, honestly. Like, let let the receiver be accountable for like those horrible tip passes and just like things like that where it ends up being a pick and you're like, you know, you have Russell Wilson and you're just like, he didn't do that, <laughs> but I'm already right. eating the points for it. Yep. Yeah. It sucks, yeah, but that, that's that's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. That, that's a hill to die on, but maybe we'll cover that in like an off season episode or something like that. Definitely. That should happen <laughs> though. But anyways, our other tight end that we got, we got Cole Komet. Uh, he's owned in 40% of leagues last week. Um, he had five targets, four catches, and 49 yards. Jimmy Graham pulled the Jimmy Graham and vultured the game-winning touchdown, even though Cole Komet was seeing most of the tight end work. But Cole Komet's still playing like a strong amount of snaps. You know, like his snap uh, 
percentage is nice to see. It's like 80 plus percent um, pretty consistently. And he's getting at least five targets a game. We've talked about Cole Komet a couple of times. He hasn't really hit the way we wanted to, but it, it seems like he's slowly uh, kind of finding his way, kind of like Gerald Everett, right? I mean, how do you feel about Cole Komet? Um, I'm kind of salty about Colmet only because like I've tried using him before, like in the like every time I try to like, throw him out there, I'm like, okay, he's got it this week. It's coming together, and he like shits the bed. So I'm like, ugh, that's more just me being spiteful. Um, but yeah. I mean, the, his snap shares there, his target shares is pretty damn good and pretty consistent. There's a couple games that are like a little out of whack, but yeah, I think he's a decent play. I mean, you he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year, which really sucks. And then even though I think Jimmy Graham still has like four. So that's that's super frustrating. But hopefully, you know, he can get one away from Jimmy this week. Yeah, I feel like it's so unlikely, though. Jimmy Graham, he's just I do not understand. He's just like a shining star to quarterbacks when they're in the end zone. They're like, nobody else is alive. He's the answer. <laughs> yeah, every yeah. time. Jimmy Graham. <laughs> The like he's never played more than thirty nine percent of snaps, and yet he's still scoring more points than Cole Komet is. Especially recently, Cole, he, uh, Jimmy Graham has three touchdowns in the last five games. Yeah, Stuff. on what like a fifteen percent snap count or snap share? Uh, yeah, actually less than thirty in all five games. Yeah, typical Jimmy Graham. He's he's definitely the tight end vulture, like, goat. So, yeah, I mean, with Jimmy Graham around, do you, does that make you like Gerald Everett more than Cole Komet because he's such a vulture? Yes. Yeah, it does. Um, not to mention, I mean, as no, as I was just saying that, trying to figure out, like, which way the Seahawks offense is going to go week to week, at least I can count on the Seahawks offense going somewhere week to week, or I can't count on the Bears offense doing anything from week to week. Yeah, exactly. Those guys are huge question mark. I'm with you on that. Gerald Everett's definitely the tight end I'd be uh, looking at on the waiver wires right now. Um, I don't know, do, do you think Foster Moreau is worth bringing up real quick? Is Darren Waller's going to be out again, right? Uh, actually, I heard a report that they are su- super high on him coming back this week. Let me double check that. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at but, it right now. Optimism that he'll be back. Yeah, they're doing a walkthrough on Wednesday, and they're hoping he'll be back for that. They've been doing walkthroughs on Wednesday, though, all year. I'm a Raiders fan here, if you didn't know. But, <laughs> yeah, so their real practice won't be till Thursday, I guess. That'll be the time to look at it. But, I mean, if he's out, Foster yeah. is definitely someone to look at, too. Um, he hasn't done a lot stat-wise filling in for Darren Waller. He had one good game, but um, his, his snap share is what's really nice to see because he's playing like 90 plus percent of snaps or something like that right yeah whenever whenever waller's out uh he's averaging over 90 percent of snaps which is good and even then when he when he plays too the target share is pretty good too um it's somewhere around i mean if you look at when when he's been out when waller's out he's got six five three six nine and four targets in the game so I mean, on average you know it's about a six point a six target average per game which is good. Like you like to see that. Plus, the last two weeks, even though he hasn't scored points, the yardage is there. He's gone over sixty yards the last two games, um, and that's even with the Raiders' offense being pretty rough to watch uh, in recent weeks. Yeah. So it's good that it's good that he's getting you know still getting the looks and getting the yardage. 
Yes, yeah, so I think that does make him worthy of looking at. He's rostered in 5% of leagues, so if Waller is out, that's definitely someone you can look at. But I, I'd probably just wait until Thursday to see. I wouldn't like stash yeah. Foster Moreau and wait, would you? Um, I mean, if honestly, if you had Waller, you probably already had Foster on your on your roster, so I mean, you could. Um, and again, honestly, this week I think you could stash him. Why not? Like, if you're like, hey, my tight end position is not great, and you know maybe this is this might be a better play than you know just uh, the off chance he does get to play. It's not worth it. I mean, it's one it's one roster spot in the last. Oh week yeah, I'm totally season. with you. Yeah, you, you described my situation in the league that I'm in the the one league I made to the championship in. R.I.P. to my other leagues, but I'm literally looking at right now. I have Ricky Seals Jones and Foster Moreau, and I'm just like, who am I going to go with? And I'll probably go with Foster Moreau, honestly, unless I can get my hands on Gerald Everett, which I believe he is available in our leagues so, or in that league. So I might have to go for Gerald Everett. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and and man, that sucks because like Ricky was one of our boys all year. Um, you know, he was great. And then the la- then when he got back in the lineup after Lance Thomas went down for the rest of the season, that's when like, the entire Washington offense seemed to take a turn for the worst. And like, he's been terrible, like absolutely terrible since in last, what, three or four weeks. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the Washington football team has been kind of terrible yeah. too, especially last week. <laughs> Just yeah. Got shellacked on that one. Yeah, like, so, like Ricky's yeah, been with the boy for a while, but he's got a total of like seven points the last three weeks, so that's that's been rough. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna start him. I haven't adjusted my roster yet, but yeah, I'm definitely not <laughs> not gonna roll with him this week. So that's your that's your yeah. PSA to avoid Ricky Seals Jones this week. For sure. Yeah, so th- that'll be our tight ends there, and um we got one quarterback that we want to talk about. I don't even really want to talk about him, but we got to have a quarterback on here. Uh, Trey Lance, he's owning 39% of leagues. He could get his second start if Jimmy G's out. Jimmy G um, apparently messed his hand up pretty bad, right? He uh, tore a ligament or something and fractured. Yeah, a bone chip and a torn ligament in his, in his thumb on his throwing hand. So how he's going to hold on to the ball if he does play, I have no idea. Um, I think Honestly, I think things are looking pretty likely that Trey Lance does play. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be comfortable rolling my quarterback out there with a mangled hand like that. I don't care how good your doctors are. Like, he messed his hand right. up good. That sounds horrible. Especially your thumb. Like, your thumb is the whole reason you can even grip the ball. Yeah, so with that, I mean, it looks like Trey Lance is going to play. Uh, what, the one time that he played this year, he threw for 192 yards and one pick, but he ran for 89 yards. So he's definitely... Um, Definitely a threat on the ground. We've talked about it plenty of times in this podcast. We love running quarterbacks because just right there, the 89 yards that he added to hit the one game he played, that's 8.9 points, you know? So all he has to do is just, you know, with 192 yards, maybe get a touchdown. You know, that's a nice 18, 20 point day. So, I mean, he, I think he's capable of it, but I will say this, like they're playing the Texans this week and People are kind of sleeping on the Texans. They've been quietly really good against quarterbacks. They've only allowed six passing touchdowns in the last seven games. Last week, they did great against Justin Herbert. Got two picks off of him, only allowed him to throw for a touchdown and like 200 yards or something like that. So, I mean, hearing all that stuff, how do you feel about Trey Lance? I mean, honestly, I think you could play him, but like this is championship week. 
there's no way I'm resting my championship hopes on Trey Lance. There just isn't. It would be a really, really deep league. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it either. It's um, well, Let's say this. Maybe if you're in a super flex league, right, where they're doing two quarterbacks, would right. you throw them in that second spot? Possibly. I mean, see, that that's a little different. So he's your second quarterback, which you're, you're expecting less points from him anyways, but he could be the guy that puts that team over the top because of his rushing ability. I mean, he, he's only started one game this year, and in the other game he played – uh, basically exactly half of the, half the game, 51% of snaps, and had 35 points in that game and a half. So that's that's huge. Those are big numbers. Yeah, I mean, I do like that. But, man, for some reason, the Texans, like once I looked at how they've been performing against the quarterbacks, I'm, I'm just like, man, they're actually doing really good. I, I feel like they're going shut, to shut them down. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those. The other thing too, if you look at you know you talking about his rushing capability, in those two games he also had, uh, twenty three rushing attempts, in that or in in that, in that game and a half. So I mean that he's also looking at something like twelve to fourteen rushing attempts if he does play two more than likely. So that's super high upside on the running game too. Hmm. Yes, God, I can't stay away from these running quarterbacks, man. It's just too juicy. It's <laughs> it's easy money, like for the most part. But I mean, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, only throws like 150 yards, doesn't even throw a touchdown because the Texans. I don't know. I, I'm just on the Texans this week, apparently. I guess, but, but honestly, and that's probably true. He'll probably run only throw for 150 yards and no touchdowns, but he puts up 80 yards and a touchdown on the ground, and it's a whole different ball game. Right. Yeah, you're already at 14 points. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. You're, you're you're convincing me for sure. But yeah, I mean, that's Trey Lance. That's the only quarterback that we got on the waivers. Um, I mean, I'll take a quick glance at like our leagues quarterbacks that are available, but I mean, it's not looking too good. I don't think hopefully you are already set in stone with your quarterback for the championship week, but I'm looking at our league. It's pretty competitive and I see names like Derek Carr to a tongue of Iloa, big Ben, uh, do you think Trey Lance is a better start than those guys? Um, ah, man, I, it's a little tough. I, I think I, I'd have to look at the matchups a little deeper here. So let me do that real quick as we're talking about it. Um, in a, it'd be hard in two quarterback leagues. Yes. If you're choosing like, uh, Trey Lance or those other guys, um, then I think you probably could honestly, um, just cause he's your second quarterback, but if he's your number one quarterback, then even though Derek Carr has been rough for over the last you know month or so, he has a really good matchup in Indianapolis who gives up a ton of yards through the air. Um, so you have that going for you. Uh, Tua, they're playing they're playing Tennessee, so that so like Tua you don't you don't really you probably don't want um, only because like the Tennessee defense has been really good over last month, um, regardless of who they're playing and regardless whether it's through the air or on the ground. So, yeah, I mean, the, I, I would play the matchup and honestly, and again, I, it all depends on, on your league. If you're in a two team league or a two quarterback league, I'm sorry. I would go with Lance. I think Lance is, it's worth trying to, to put him into your lineup. Yeah. You convinced me, honestly, I, I would start him over like Carr and Tonga Vailoa and Big Ben. 
I know Carr's got a good matchup, but I mean, he's been struggling lately. He hasn't even had more than 14 fantasy points in like the last five weeks, which sucks because we were really high on his 20 point floor for the first half of the season that he was <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. He was rocking with that pretty well, but that's that all hit. Uh, you know, that should hit the fan with all that horrible Raiders news with rugs and Gruden and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess Trey Lance is really the only quarterback worth looking at then, right? Yeah, I would, I would say so. Um, I mean, I guess the only guy off the top of my head I could think about would be like uh, Huntley from Baltimore if he can get back in lineup and if Lamar is obviously out. Um, but, I mean, that's just playing the, the wait-and-see game on um, whether he gets clear from COVID and whether Lamar Jackson is back from the ankle injury. Oh, yeah, that's a great name to bring up, honestly. I, I, I love Huntley if he does play. And if Lamar Jackson's out, I would – honestly, I would – almost start him this week yeah he just has a really nice floor we talked about it last week right i mean he's like lamar jackson 2.0 the the b version whatever you want to say right either way he gets it done oh yeah for sure on the ground for sure the only problem is that they are playing the Rams, so that's a pretty tough matchup um, you you hope he's matchup proof, but there's no guarantee after only watching him play, you know, what, a game and a half or two games. Yeah, that's well, where are they playing? Do you know are they playing in L.A. or are they playing in Baltimore? Uh, they are in Baltimore. I think that increases his odds a little bit more being at home and not having <laughs> to fly across the country. But yeah, I see what you're saying. They're definitely a good off or a good defense. I would. Yeah, now I'm second guessing it. But yeah, he's a good person to look at, though, for sure. Definitely monitor that situation because Lamar Jackson, I mean, what's he dealing with right now? He had uh, he has an ankle issue for that it's kept him out the last two weeks, and then I think he actually also had COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it, yeah, definitely monitor, monitor that situation, and it looks like he. It's probably going to be out. They're hoping, they're hoping he's going to be back, but that's that's all wishful talk. That's nothing set in stone. I think he'll, he'll probably be out this week. So yeah, definitely monitor that, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that'll wrap up our quarterbacks then. Trey Lance and uh, monitor the the Huntley situation with Lamar Jackson and his ankle. But we'll move on to the defenses here, which we'll is kind of round out our episode. Got three of them for you. It's a hard week for defenses, I think. Um, most likely, if you're like me, I've been stashing guys for weeks, um, just knowing that defenses are going to be hard to pick up. I like looking at it. I got we got three of them for you. The first one I want to bring up is the New Orleans Saints defense, owned in forty one percent of leagues. They're going to be playing the Carolina Panthers this week, and um, the Saints are a good defense. They they kind of just showed it against Miami. They did lose because they had no offense, but they definitely were putting it to the Dolphins today uh, just like an hour ago and the Panthers are struggling as we all know do you like the Saints this week the Saints defense oh for sure I mean the Saints defense has been strong all year um, they, they're not the type of defense that is going to get a ton of turnovers um, so you're not going to get a bunch of points that way but if you look at the last few weeks they've really turned it on they're getting like four sacks a game um, Cam Jordan's been going absolutely nuts so, and against Carolina, which is just weak all the way around, I love the uh, New Orleans defense this week. 
Uh, and it looks like Sam Darnold's going to get the start. Their situation's cool. weird. Was, I don't, I mean, Sam Darnold was trash except for the first like three weeks of the season. So, yeah, so it looks good for the Saints defense for sure. Yeah. Um, but moving on from the Saints defense, I like the Bears defense this week. They're owned in forty-two percent of leagues. They're playing the Giants, and we all know the Giants. Um, they're they're like the new age Jaguars at this point in the season. Start any defense that's <laughs> playing the Giants, and you're gonna get points, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, they're I think they're a pretty distant second here if you're gonna compare them to New Orleans, but. I mean, the Giants have been pretty uh, nice to all all defenses for most of the year. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, 42% of leagues, there's a chance like they're available for you. Um, last but not least, as we talked, a lot, talked about a little bit earlier, uh, I like Seattle's defense. Uh, the Seahawks are playing the Lions this week, and the Seahawks' defense is only owned in 14% of leagues on sleeper. And... I don't know if you saw the Lions this last week, but with Tim Boyle, they were pretty trash. It looks like Jared Goff will be back, but as we were talking about earlier, the Seahawks really seem to be a nice, safe, consistent play. And the reason I wanted to bring them up is because, say, you're really confident in your fantasy team, and you just want to play a defense that you know is not going to get you negative points, that's the Seahawks for you. I mean, they're at the worst, they're going to get you like four, and they might get you ten. They're, they're just a really, really safe play. Like, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I like that actually. Um, I think I think you're so, you're rock solid there with the uh, the four point four because like even against like the the best offenses they've played this year, that's essentially what they've gotten. Um, I mean, six points against Indy. The one like really bad game they had was against Minnesota way back in week three. And that was they only got one point, but I mean, they've had at least six points, or at least five points. I'm sorry, since week twelve. So you're you're going six six weeks in of like consistent four five, six point floor. Um, you know, that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's always good. You can always count on that. Yeah. I mean, they're not playing like a flashy style of defense, but it's, it's working. They're holding teams, you know, to under 25 points pretty much all season. Besides those first couple of weeks that you were talking about week two and three weeks, two and yeah. three, they kind of struggled, gave up 33 and 30 points. But ever since then, it's been like, 26 or less yeah with a lot um, of they, actually, I, said this, I said this on the, our matchup episode last week uh the the seahawks are in are the ultimate bend but but don't break type of defense uh they are on pace to be the only team in nfl history to cut to give up the most yards in the season in the season but also be top five scoring defense That's a weird one. So, like, basically, when they do get a pick or a fumble, they're taking it to the house. No, they're they're not allowing. They're they're giving up uh, in the red zone. They're only giving up field goals, essentially. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant like scoring defense, like them scoring uh, points off of turnovers. But yeah, that no, makes no, sense. yeah, like I mean, allowing... like points allowed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's interesting. It literally the definition of bend don't break, right? And you have been saying that for weeks. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird, but you know it it is what it is. Yeah, it's um another team I wanted to bring up was the Eagles. 
They're in fifty percent of leagues, but they're playing the Washington football team kind of like we talked about earlier for the second time in three weeks. And it seems like Washington's struggling right now, especially Taylor Heineke. Uh, it looks like they might even bench Taylor Heineke next week. Did you see any of that kind of stuff? Just because of his poor performance last week, they're kind of considering uh, his backup. Um, I mean, I know that I don't think it will happen. Um, but then again, like what? Like again, as I said earlier, like when when we're talking about their defense, like they're basically playing for pride this week. So who knows? You know, I could see see Riverboat Ron going with the backup, saying, you know, roll the dice, say fuck it, let's go. At Riverboat Ron literally uh, when they asked who will start on Sunday, he said, "We'll see. Will we play Kyle Allen? Probably, but we're going to stick with Taylor for now." That is a really weird thing <laughs> to say about your backup quarterback, right? Like, will we play the backup? Probably. Right. You so, know, and the yeah, weird thing about the Eagles confident. defense too. The Eagles defense is kind of more of a boomer bust type of defense. I mean, they have games where they are pretty bad, like zero points, one point, one point, two point. But then they give you games like last week, 17 points or 12 earlier in the year, another 17, 17 points, 24 against Detroit. Like they have games where they absolutely dominate. And Washington could be one of those games because of how poorly Washington is playing. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I wanted to bring them up, you know, just because I know you're saying like they might be on some pride and stuff, you know, trying to end the season strong type of thing and bounce back. But uh, I just got a feeling that they're just going to be rolling off of the Eagles are going to be rolling off of the victory that they had against them two weeks ago. And they're just going to keep it going, keep the momentum going against them. Yeah, I could see it. I certainly could. And uh, last but not least, I wanted to bring up this defense. It's highly doubtful that you can get them. This is just a little humble brag I want to bring up real quick. But the Patriots defense, number two defense on the year so far. Been killing it. But I've been holding on to these guys for weeks just because they play the Jaguars week 17 championship week. And I am so happy I get to use them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they were, especially in the middle of the season, God, they were putting up ridiculous points as a defense. They have fallen off the last few weeks, though. Um, so I'd be a little worried that way, but they also played Buffalo twice and Indianapolis, both, you know, good offenses there. So I'm not going to hurt them too much on that, but be a little wary. Just saying, just be a little wary. Who am I kidding? They're playing the Jaguars. I know they're playing the Jags, but I see what you're saying though, because they have been like playing, um, worse defense as of late, but God, I, I saw they were playing the Jaguars week 17 and it was like week 10. And I was just like, I am not letting this defense go right playing the long plays you gotta you gotta think ahead sometimes but yeah that'll be our defenses and that pretty much wraps up our uh week 17 waiver wire episode good luck this week on uh your championship games hopefully you made it to some i assume that's why you're listening and um (laughs) Yeah, so we'll be posting this episode on Tuesday morning, and we're going to upload our starts of the week and our start-sit episodes on Friday morning, right? Absolutely. Right on. So, yeah, keep an eye out for our episode on Friday. Uh, follow us on Twitter. If you're, if you're out here tweeting, getting your twit on, uh, hit us up at the, the FF Fathers. That's our Twitter handle. And um, I mean, good luck this week. Keep an eye on all the COVID things going on. Like we said earlier in the episode, really keep an eye on the backups to your 
most important players because there's a really good chance COVID's going to snipe somebody off your team this week. Yeah, this is like, I mean, we said it last week too. You got to be on your toes. Keep your phone close. The second you get a notification that one of your dudes is out because of COVID, hop on the waiver wire as fast as possible. Because if you get there fast enough, you might be able to get them on just a straight ad instead of having to do a waiver where, where other people can bid, bid on them. So be quick. Yeah, that's a great point, honestly. Yeah, like the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday days where you can just grab someone off the waivers to not wait, just get an instant ad. That's a, that's a really good point, yeah. Yeah, so you know, take your phone off of silent if it's on silent because you got to keep up <laughs> on those notifications. All righty, is there anything that you wanted to add, Big Irby? Nope, that's it. I just want to say good luck to you all. All righty. Well, thanks for listening in, guys. Once again, good luck. And uh, we'll see you on Friday morning. Good night.